Hello, and welcome back to the Anxious and Ambitious podcast. Today, I'm talking about a topic that is pretty near and dear to my heart, which is perfectionism. And when I say near and dear to my heart, I don't mean in the sense that I love perfectionism and we should all be perfectionists, but rather this has been something that's been a struggle for me for a lot of my life. I like to consider myself a recovering perfectionist. And I know for a lot of you anxious and ambitious individuals out there, perfectionism can really be a thing, right? It can hold us back and really actually paralyze us from pursuing our passion. You got to love that. Perfection paralyzing you from pursuing your passion. I love alliteration. (laughs) But really, perfectionism is seriously like a plague that can hold us back from taking action towards achieving our goals. It can keep us feeling stuck and procrastinating or even avoiding tasks altogether. And perfectionism and anxiety really go hand in hand, as well as perfectionism and ambition. So I really wanted to bring this discussion to the podcast and just break down perfectionism a little bit for you, as well as what we can do to overcome perfectionism. Because if you are dealing with perfectionism, you probably know that just thinking, oh, you don't need to be perfect, or oh, you're enough, or stop trying to be perfect, that simply doesn't work. A lot of the time we know that perfectionism is a thing that's holding us back and yet it's still there. So my hope with this episode is to help break it down on a deeper level because this is what's really helped me to overcome my anxiety and really my anxiety around perfectionism because when I was able to really understand where it came from then I was able to rewire it as opposed to sort of trying to use my willpower or my motivation to overcome this idea of perfectionism. So today we'll be diving really a lot deeper into it so that you can hopefully get more of an understanding of why you're even a perfectionist to begin with so that we can begin to rewire that and reroute that so that you're able to embrace this idea of done is better than perfect as my mentor Christine Ammerman would say. So to start off, I just wanted to give a brief overview of what perfectionism is in this context that we're discussing. So perfectionism is essentially a personality trait, and it's characterized by a desire to achieve a flawless or an error-free result. And usually this is accompanied by a fear of making mistakes or falling short of expectations or essentially not being perfect, right? So perfectionists tend to set really high standards for themselves and they may become excessively critical of themselves or others if these standards are not met. And so for me, when I was little, my parents actually used to laugh at me because I was always somebody who would get really nearly 100% on most tests or A pluses. And so whenever I would get a, for example, 99% on a test or a 98%, I would always be upset about that one or two percent. And nobody was really pushing this on me, telling me that I needed to get that hundred percent. But for some reason, I picked this up along the way and they would actually joke with me. Well, what about that one percent? What happened to that one percent? And they were just joking and being lighthearted about it. But really, I was tearing myself up about this on the inside. And the perfectionism really started to eat away at me. And perfectionists in general, right, we might struggle with these feelings of anxiety, self-doubt, self-criticism, and it really feels draining and exhausting. 
and it interferes with your ability to actually enjoy your achievements. For example, that 99% on a test, some other child may have been thrilled to the moon that they got such a great grade on their test. And then here I was just beating myself up about the 1%. And if you're a perfectionist, you can probably relate to some extent with that. And it might not have to do with school, right? It may have to do with keeping the house in perfect order or being a perfectionist in regards to your relationships. So this can come up in a lot of aspects. I just find that the school example is one that most people can relate to. And so it's important to understand that while striving for excellence and self-improvement is positive, of course, if you're an ambitious person, you're probably constantly learning, growing, and all of those good things. But Perfectionism can really become problematic when it leads to us setting unrealistic expectations for ourselves and when it leads to that self-criticism really tearing ourselves apart. And ultimately, when it leads to a fear of failure, this is when it becomes really debilitating and essentially perfectionism begins to paralyze us. Because when you have that fear of failure or that fear of not being perfect, essentially, It can sometimes cause you to not take action or procrastinate on that action. So I'll dive into a little bit of that more further later. I want to talk about that relationship between perfectionism and um, procrastination. But first, I just wanted to explain how perfectionism and anxiety can really end up being a vicious circle because perfectionism can cause anxiety and perfectionism can also be a symptom of anxiety. So when I talk about perfectionism causing anxiety, this constant pressure to be perfect that we put on ourselves can really become overwhelming and exhausting. And when we hold ourselves to these unrealistic and rigid, perfect standards, we just end up setting ourselves up for disappointment and self-criticism. And so in this way, that perfectionism can really lead to you feeling anxiety and stress and overwhelm because of that pressure that you put on yourself, those standards, and really just the inevitable, inevitable disappointment that you're setting yourself up for. Because nobody is perfect, just like me messing up that simple word, inevitable. I guess it's not really that simple of a word, but there's my perfectionist coming out. <laughs> so like I said, though, perfectionism can cause anxiety, but perfectionism can also be a symptom of anxiety. So people who struggle with anxiety might end up turning into perfectionists or turning to perfectionism as a strategy in order to cope with their anxiety. It's really this feeling that if you can control every aspect of your life and be perfect in everything that you do, then you'll be able to manage your anxiety and really just feel more in control and more certain. Right? If you're certain that you can do something perfectly, then there's a whole lot less anxiety about doing that thing. Whereas if there's uncertainty and you're not right, really sure how you're going to perform at it, then a lot more anxiety might come up. So as you can tell, this can really become a vicious circle because if perfectionism is causing anxiety and anxiety is causing perfectionism, then it really just turns into this circle of us, you know, being in perfectionism, feeling that anxiety, which can then turn to lead to even more perfectionism. So this cycle can really feel like a lot of pressure and a lot of self-criticism can come up if you're stuck in this cycle. And it can sometimes be difficult to break through, especially if you don't actually realize that you're stuck in that cycle. So that's really my first intention of this 
uh, conversation of this podcast episode is really for you to recognize, are you in that cycle of perfectionism? Is your perfectionism perhaps causing anxiety? Is your anxiety causing you to be a perfectionist? Just something worth considering. And so it's important to realize when perfectionism is contributing to your feelings of anxiety and to work on a more realistic and self-compassionate approach to life because essentially this cycle is really just going to lead to burnout. It's like a downward spiral that is really just going to lead you to being stuck. So when you're able to develop a new approach to your work and a new approach instead of that perfectionist approach, then this can help to break through that perfectionism and lead to a greater state of mental peace and well-being and all those good things that we want. No more of that anxiety and stress. And so as, you know, on an intellectual level as perfectionists, we understand that failure is a good thing, that failure is not going to kill us, etc. But we try to operate on the basis in our subconscious mind that it's easier not to fail. So it's not always a conscious thing, and I want you to recognize that. So if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I know I'm a perfectionist and I know it's a bad thing, but I just can't seem to get rid of it, right? I've been there and you're not alone. A lot of people have thought, you know, oh, like they've been told, just don't be perfect. Nobody's perfect. And it's really easy to understand that, but it's much harder to actually do it, right? We understand that perfectionism can cause these problems and keep us stuck. But if we truly want to kick perfectionism to the curb, we need to understand the purpose behind why we're actually perfectionists to begin with so that we can change our strategy for how we interact with the world. So if you're still listening, chances are you deal with perfectionism or maybe you've dealt with perfectionism in the past. So we're going to start to dig into a little bit why that might be the case. And so, like I said, if you have perfectionism, you know that those mantras of you don't need to be perfect, stop trying to be perfect, just don't cut it. So I'm going to share some other strategies as we continue to go throughout this conversation. But first, I just wanted to rewind there because I know we touched just briefly on perfectionism and procrastination. And this is a really important connection that I wanted to touch on. And so perfectionism can often lead to procrastination. Um, A lot of the time when we think about procrastination, we think, oh, maybe it's a motivation problem, but really it goes a lot deeper. It's oftentimes a lot more about trying to withhold effort so that when you fail, you can actually blame the reason that you failed or that you made a mistake on the fact that you didn't try hard enough or, you know, you started late and you always have that excuse in the back of your mind of, oh, well, imagine how well I would have done if right? Imagine how well I would have done if I had actually tried on that thing or if I had spent a good deal of time studying for that test. And so it allows us to place the blame on something outside of ourselves. And similarly, if you are a perfectionist, you might be someone who finds yourself feeling sick or exhausted or just physically unable to do the thing on a more regular basis. Because similarly, it gives you that option to blame it on an external thing, right? If you're sick or if you're not feeling well or if you have an injury, for example, then it gives you an excuse not to be perfect because when you try your hardest and your hardest isn't good enough, that's really the biggest hit to your ego and to that perfectionist side of yourself and it causes you to feel a lot of shame and disappointment. 
So by procrastinating, by pushing this things off, by perhaps blaming our, um, the outcome of our efforts on something external to ourselves, then it can help to minimize that feeling of perfectionism. And I'm not saying that this is a strategy that you should use. This is just a strategy that I find is really common amongst perfectionists. I know for me, it was definitely a thing. I mean, when I was younger and really dealing with a lot of that school pressure, I was sick a lot. Like I missed a lot of school. Um, I had constant sinus infections, different belly aches, all of these things. And I think on some deep-rooted level, my body was creating that as a way to keep me safe and to keep me from having to continue performing at this such a high level that was really not maintainable. And I can actually remember thinking back to a time when I was in sports and I would injure myself. I got injured quite a lot, broke a bone like every year of my life. It was crazy. But Although I was upset, of course, when I would break those bones because I couldn't play the same or things like that, I often felt a sense of mental relief during those times because it gave me that chance to rest and that chance that, oh, like just because I'm not perfect right now while I'm injured, I'm recovering. It gave me that chance to really just be a human. Um, so this is something important to consider, like what tactics such as procrastination or even like unconscious tactics, right? Like your body getting you sick are you doing to maintain that perfectionist um, facade, I guess? (laughs) Um, So a lot of the time, people who deal with this procrastination, we might tell ourselves like, oh, well, actually, it's the pressure of the last minute that helps me to perform. But the reality is most of the time, that's not actually the case. It just comes down to the fact that if we fail, it's not as painful because we didn't put as much time and work into it. And this actually makes us feel smarter because if we fail and we have those excuses, then we're able to protect our identity or that view of our intelligence or that view that we are perfect because you still have that excuse of, well, imagine what I could have done if I wasn't sick or imagine what I would have been able to accomplish if it weren't for that injury, for example. So a lot of these different excuses can come up, these different behaviors that result from our perfectionism. And the reason that I wanted to touch on this is that you can realize that perfectionism is not just a personality trait, right? It's not just who you are. You're not just a perfectionist, but rather perfectionism is a strategy that you've probably picked up at some point in your life in order to avoid negative feelings. And usually these negative feelings that we're trying to avoid are something along the lines of disappointment and shame. So perfectionism can really be a strategy that we use in order to avoid shame. And it really comes down to that fear of shame that most of us have. And so perhaps there was a moment in your childhood where you were ashamed and where you adopted a perfectionist mindset or a perfectionism strategy as this tactic to avoid feeling shame. Because if you can feel perfect, then you can avoid that criticism, that critique, that maybe being laughed at, right? It doesn't have to be some major trauma, shameful event that you had. It could literally be something as simple as someone having a little giggle at you that made you feel that shame. But shame is a really, really difficult emotion. So I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but there's someone named David R. Hawkins, and he talks about the levels of consciousness, which essentially is talking about these different emotions that we can feel on a spectrum of 
frequency and essentially shame is the lowest frequency emotion. Like it's at the very bottom of that chart. And really, it's a painful emotion for us to experience. So a lot of us will do anything that we can to avoid feeling that shame. And perfectionism is a great way to do that. At least this is what our subconscious might pick up and believe at one point in our life. And so perfectionism is like this mask that we pick up so that we can wear it and protect ourselves from feeling that shame of really being our full, authentic, imperfect human self, right? As humans, we are imperfect. It's just the nature of being human. And so perfectionism is really something that takes you away from being true to your authentic self. And it's this mask that we wear in order to avoid that feeling of shame. So this is really important to realize because if you are a perfectionist or you deal with perfectionism, you might really think that this is part of who you are and it's just a part of your personality. But it's important to remember that it's less of who you are rather than a strategy or like a mask that you've picked up in order to avoid that feeling of shame. So you might have had a moment in childhood, like I said, where you were ashamed. So you adopted that perfectionism to avoid the shame. And most of us have had this because we are trained to be perfectionists in school, right? We're graded and then we're rewarded for our grades, right? We bring our report card home to our family and to our friends. We get rewards from our teachers. Maybe you even get an award in the school and the assembly and get called up in front of the entire, you know, school to be rewarded for your grades. And you can even get scholarships, which is now monetary compensation for being so good at things, for being perfect, essentially, right? And so a lot of the time we are praised when we're growing up for being perfect, for being smart, for being intelligent. And especially if you were somebody who succeeded in school and and did really well, and maybe people told you, you know, oh, wow, you're so smart. You're so gifted. You're just naturally good at that. Or even with sports, right? It doesn't have to be school. This perfectionism can tie to anything like, oh, you're just naturally gifted at that. This can really make us feel like we need to adopt that perfectionist mindset because it really gives us a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. So this is a concept that I'll talk about in a little bit more detail in a second, but I just want to touch on that idea of perfectionism as a strategy to avoiding disappointment as well, because shame is one side of it, but that potential disappointment that we can feel is another side of it. So a lot of the reason that we don't go after what we want a lot of the time is because we're focusing on the potential disappointment of, you know, not achieving the thing. And so it can become easier to just not try because not trying in our mind or in our subconscious mind feels better and feels safer than trying and then ending up disappointing someone or failing or really even just disappointing yourself. Now, we know on an intellectual level that this isn't the case. You'll learn more from the failure and the mistake than not doing the thing at all and keeping yourself stuck. But we might end up self-sabotaging to keep ourselves feeling safe and only do the things that we believe that we can do perfectly in order to avoid that feeling of disappointment. So another fear that this can come down to and not, you know, instead of, but beyond just the fear of shame is this fear around disappointment and really a fear around wasting effort because 
perfectionists often see effort as a form of inadequacy, right? If you're perfect, it should be easy for you. You shouldn't have to put in much effort. It should come effortlessly. You're a natural, right? (laughs) And so along those lines, it's sometimes easier to withhold the effort and not to try in order to avoid that disappointment. But it's important to realize that even though this is a, you know, cycle, a habit, a circuit that your subconscious mind has probably picked up at some point, typically in your childhood. Even though you think you're avoiding disappointment, we all know that this is actually creating more disappointment in the long run because we're going nowhere, right? If you only do the things that you know that you can do perfectly, then you're probably only going to do the things that you've done previously and know that you can do perfect. So that's going to avoid you from trying any new things. And really, it's going to keep you stuck from doing whatever's on your heart and going after those big ambitious goals that you have. And it might stop you from going the places that you want to go. So really, it's important to understand that this perfectionism is not serving us in any type of way. And so it's important that we can learn to let go of this perfectionism. Now, when I talk about letting go of the perfectionism, like I said before, a lot of people are just like, oh, don't be perfect. You don't need to be perfect. But this really doesn't work. The idea of letting go of perfectionism is a lot deeper, especially if this is a habit or a circuit that you've been running for years and years. It's a difficult pattern to break, and it often stems from deep-seated beliefs and fears. So it's, it's really deep rooted. So we need to go deep in order to essentially pull it out from the roots instead of just trying to like squish it down and be like, oh, don't be perfect. Just do the thing. Right. It's a lot easier said than done. So with time and with practice and with going deeper, we're actually able to rewire that, like pull it out from the root and develop more realistic and self-compassionate approaches to doing things and to life that go beyond that idea of perfectionism. So really, it's a process that requires a lot of self-awareness to start, which hopefully the beginning of this episode has already helped you to understand that self-awareness that, okay, maybe I actually do deal with perfectionism, right? Maybe this is actually a thing that's been holding me back and I haven't fully realized. And It also requires a lot of patience because it can sometimes take a little bit of time to actually completely ditch perfectionism and overall self-compassion because you need to show yourself that love, right? Even if you're dealing with this perfectionism and maybe you've been holding yourself back because of it, overall, you've been doing this because you're trying to keep yourself safe, right? Your subconscious loves you and just wants to keep you safe. So this perfectionism Although it is a problem that can hold us back and paralyze us from achieving our dreams, it really is a self-serving mechanism in its own right. So that's important to understand. I just wanted to touch on that quickly, right? It's not necessarily, oh, something is horribly wrong. However, when we can recognize that this is something that we're dealing with and that we don't want to deal with it anymore, then we can start to move past it. So one of the first steps in letting go of perfectionism is just recognizing the costs of perfectionism, right? It can take a toll on our mental health, on our relationships, and on our overall well-being. If you have these perfectionist thoughts, you probably know it can lead to stress and anxiety and even depression or physical health problems. And it can really lead us to feeling isolated or disconnected 
because we might feel that we can never measure up to our own expectations or the expectations of others. So really, it can take a toll on us and cause a lot of negative emotions, and it inevitably always ends up holding us back because it's keeping us in our same right? It keeps us from taking that action towards doing something new and it keeps us from being a real creator. If you want to be a creator and manifest your dream life, you have to be able to step outside of this comfort zone and what you know that you're perfect at and try new things. Another step in letting go of this perfectionism is recognizing that nobody is perfect right? We all make mistakes. We all experience setbacks. We all have limitations. Even the most successful people that you know in the world, like the most successful people that you can name, the person who comes to mind for me first is Kevin Hart, because I know I've heard him talk about this again and again. I think Michael Jordan also talks a lot about this too, right? Like he's shot the most shots. So I think he's missed the most hoops. So now he's also the best basketball player. Um, But when it comes to Kevin Hart, he's a comedian. And I remember hearing him say something like he pitched himself to like, I think a hundred different people to be a comedian, to be an actor. And he kept getting no, no, no. And a lot of people would have seen those mistakes and failures as a reason to give up on themselves, especially if you're someone who's a perfectionist. But the reason that he is so successful is because he's kept going through all of those knows, right? He didn't let any mistake or any flaw or any perceived imperfection from others to disintegrate who he knows that he is. And so it's really important to recognize this, that nobody is perfect. There is literally no such thing as perfect, right? Perfect is just subjective. What you might think is perfect, I might think is horrible and vice versa. So Really understanding that nobody is perfect. There is literally no such thing as perfect. And if there was anything that is considered perfect, it's you, light and dark, shadow and light, right? We all have this duality inside of us. In the world around us, you see, right? The stars can only sparkle because of the darkness in the sky. So just think about how boring life would be if everything was perfect and how boring you would be if you were completely perfect. There would be nothing to learn, nowhere to grow, and life would be so boring. Now, I know that understanding this idea that perfectionism is not serving us, that nobody is perfect, and that life would be really boring if it were perfect is one layer of the puzzle, but this is really just at the conscious level and just strictly understanding that perfectionism is not a good thing. It's probably not going to be the thing that actually helps you to let go of it for good. At least I know that it wasn't the case for me. I was told a lot of the time, like, you don't need to be perfect. Stop worrying about being perfect. And it did pretty much nothing to how I actually went about my life. And what really, really helped me was learning about the idea of a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and learning to adopt more of a growth mindset. Now, the person who coined these terms is Carol Dweck in her book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. If you are somebody who struggles with perfectionism, I definitely recommend going and grabbing that book. It has helped me massively, but I'm just going to break down this concept in a little bit more detail here for you today because like I said, it's been huge. 
So really, a growth mindset and a fixed mindset are just two different ways of thinking about ourselves and our abilities. So in a fixed mindset, we oftentimes believe that our abilities and our intelligence are fixed and they cannot be changed. So going back to childhood, if you know you were told, oh, you're so smart, you're so intelligent, you're gifted, etc., this can lead to a fixed mindset because you've been told this is you, right? You are smart. You are athletic, for example. And this actually just leads us to avoiding challenges and giving up easily and feeling threatened by the success of others because we think that it takes away from our own natural giftedness. So that's a fixed mindset. But in contrast, the other type of mindset that Carol talks about is the growth mindset. And the growth mindset is essentially the belief that our abilities and our intelligence can be developed and improved through dedication and hard work and effort. So essentially, instead of being naturally intelligent and that trait being fixed, there's room for this improvement and growth when you have a growth mindset. And unlike the fixed mindset, which thinks that effort means that you're not good enough, right? If you have to put in that effort, then it must say something about your innate talent. The growth mindset actually encourages us to embrace that we can actually put in more effort and then see more results. So it encourages us to be persistent rather than just rely on our innate talent or abilities. So essentially, by adopting a growth mindset, you can actually end up shifting your focus from the outcome of perfection to the process of learning and growth, which can overall help you to reduce anxiety and stress and foster a more positive and productive attitude towards both yourself and your work. And this is something that was super impactful for me because growing up, I was actually labeled as quote unquote gifted and I was put into a special program for gifted kids. And through this, I really adopted that fixed mindset, which ended up keeping me stuck in a lot of ways, not only in school, but also in my athletics too. I was told, oh, wow, you're such a natural. You're so good at this just naturally. And it made me not really want to try other things that I didn't think that I'd be that good at. And of course, not on a conscious level. This is usually subconscious. But when we can understand that this is really beyond just the belief that we need to be perfect, it's our whole mindset towards effort and work and persistence and really just growth in general, then it really gives us a little bit more leverage because we can shift our mindset a lot easier than we can shift the belief. Now, it's important to remember that like any sort of labels, most of the time this is on a spectrum, right? So you're probably not one or the other. You might have actually a combination of the two or you might lie somewhere in the middle on the spectrum. For a lot of people, you might be fixed in one area of life. For example, school, maybe you think that you're naturally intelligent, naturally gifted, and then growth in other areas like, for example, sports. Or it could be the exact opposite of that. You might be fixed in sports and think that you're a natural at sports. And if you, you know, put in the effort to study and everything, then you can improve in school. So it really depends on the person and what your beliefs around this are. But I really find that thinking about it from this framework is really helpful. Now, another thing that has really helped me to overcome my perfectionism, and I think it's really important just based on the 
natural idea of classical conditioning that whatever we reward, we want to do more often. Try rewarding your mistakes because we know on an intellectual level, like I've already discussed that through mistakes and through failures, this is how we learn and how we grow. And when you're not used to making those mistakes, it can feel scary and it doesn't feel rewarding, right? That feeling in your body that comes up is not fun. So we need to rewire that, right? Like how can you shift the spit date and perhaps feel excited or celebrate in some way whenever you try something and perhaps make a mistake? Because this is going to allow us to really embrace that growth. And really start to see the value in these mistakes and in these little failures that we're having. Now, I want you to remember that as I'm saying these things, right, like embrace the growth mindset and start to praise your mistakes and start to rewire that idea that mistakes are wrong. It's really important to remember that this isn't just a one-off jump. You're not just necessarily going to go from being a perfectionist to not being a perfectionist. It's a process and it can take time and it can take effort. So overall, it's super important to be just patient and kind to yourself because this self-compassion and recognizing that Like everybody makes mistakes, even in the process of trying to overcome perfectionism, you'll probably make mistakes along the way. That self-compassion is going to go a long way because the more that we beat ourselves up for those perfectionist habits that we might have, the harder it's actually going to be to overcome them and to rewire them. So really coming back to that self-compassion. And so the final piece that I want to share here around advice when it comes to overcoming this perfectionism is where can you identify in your childhood where this was originally picked up? Or it may not be in your childhood, however, most of the time it was. Because when we can go back and do that deep inner child work, whether that be with a therapist or with a coach, it's super powerful because we're really able to get to the root of why we picked up this habit of being a perfectionist in the first place. So as you heard me discuss A lot of those moments in my childhood, like worrying about my grades or I had another moment where I was worried that I didn't do well on a gifted test. And from my opinion, my mom was super upset with me. And that may not have actually been the case, but that was just my perception at the time. And it started to make me feel like I need to perform and I need to be perfect in order to be loved. And a lot of us When we have that perfectionism, it comes back down to that feeling of just wanting to be safe and wanting to be loved. So thinking of it from this broader perspective, like when did you actually become a perfectionist? Because when we can go back to that moment and sort of make peace in a sense with our inner child and just show them the love and care that they need, even when they're not perfect, it can help us to do the same thing to our present self. So to conclude this episode, really, it's so important that we understand that we have these perfectionism habits, strategies that we use in our life and start to actually get to the root of them to rewire them and change them so that we can stop being paralyzed by perfection and really take action on the things that matter most in your life. And I would argue that even just by listening to this episode, you're taking the first step in overcoming that perfectionism, just understanding it on a deeper level and exploring some different ways that you can overcome it. So thank you so much for listening. I hope that you found this conversation to be helpful. 
And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any future content. We're sharing lots of tips and advice, and I have some great guest interviews lined up for you here on the Anxious and Ambitious podcast. So hit that subscribe, hit that follow button wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. And we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of the Anxious and Ambitious podcast.